Welcome to Agile Clips, where we break down Agile into manageable pieces. In today's episode, we will talk about what Agile is not and what Agile is. Let's talk about what Agile is not. First of all, some people think it's a, a fad that came into the scene in just the last few years, but actually it's been around since the 1990s. And yeah, uh, funny you should mention that. I was talking to somebody uh, maybe about two weeks back, and they said, oh, last few four or five years we are seeing all these uh, people coming around saying that, oh, we need to change our process. Now the Agile has to be coming through this one. I'm like, uh, maybe your organization might have come to realize that we should go. But it's been there since almost 1999-2000 because I got my CSM certification in 2003. And it was not new at that point. So then the next misconception is that Agile doesn't have any planning. People <laughs> realize that, for example, in Scrum, you do a sprint plan, but they don't realize that you still need a plan to achieve your final objective of releasing a product by some time frame. So Agile definitely involves planning. The only thing is it's done on a more of a rolling basis based on new information you gather as you go along. Because at the beginning of a project, we usually don't have all the information so a lot of upfront planning is probably a waste of time and you will discover things that will invalidate the plan. So we want the yeah. plan to be a lot more flexible. You know, the high level planning is still needed. You know, you know what the vision is going to look like or what the roadmap of the product is going to look like. And then you start breaking it down to a, uh, manageable chunks. Now, what is the difference is the old ways once it is set in stone, you just followed that and try to make it happen. Uh, it never worked, but anyway, <laughs> they were trying to force that thing, that artificial timelines and stuff like that. That is not there, but still the high-level planning is still there. We have to have uh, what are the, for example, um, minimum viable products. How is that going to happen? How many you know series of releases for each product we are going to make? Those kinds are still there. Now, the uh, whether we have to get it done in X number of days, or well, the scope and time, if you fix, then you have an iron triangle start <laughs> coming into picture. But uh, yeah, planning is needed, but a different kind of plan. We don't follow the plan. The plan is flexible to the needs of the project and the product and uh, you know, business uh, environment. So let's move on to the next uh, misconception, which is that once you become agile, you don't need documentation. <laughs> so that's absolutely not the case. Um, I mean, you only have to think about what happens when you have turnover within the organization. Of course, you have to have documentation. You have to be able to understand why you made certain decisions, what the architecture is, and so on. It's yeah, just... and also if there are things like, you know, you have to create run books, release notes. So every time you are doing increments, how is the product ability to deliver things in customer's hand 
if there is a consumer of a document, that documentation is needed because that's the only way we can communicate uh, through the customer side, the support side, you know, release, uh, those kind of things. Then the next uh, thing that Agile is not is uh, an excuse for poor quality. In fact, <laughs> on, on the contrary, quality has to be very high and is always a big focus in an Agile world. The reason being that we need to be able to pivot. So as we learn more or as requirements become clarified or change, we need to be able to change direction. And the only way we can do that is if we have high quality at all the time. And Correct. at any point, we can just stop and say, what we have is good. Now we're going to do something a little bit different. Right, right. And then I think the other, other thing that we also notice is, you know, uh, if you s send a product uh, even the, the smallest slice to uh, for the feedback from your customer or stakeholder, if the quality is bad, then the feedback that you're going to get is about the quality of the product, not the features that we were looking for, in the sense whether the, there is a value to the feature or not. So you are getting the feedback in a wrong way. And then, again, the purpose of this whole process is to get early feedback of the features, whether they are useful, not, or they would like to add more things to it, that's the learning process. If you have a bad quality, if it doesn't work, that the feedback is going to come back, oh, this your product is garbage and it's, going to, it's not working. So that's not what, what this intent for it. Scope is always manageable or, or flexible is because the quality has to be there. And the, maybe there is a smaller scope that can be delivered in that time frame. So we need to make sure that the quality is always there. There is no excuse for not having the quality. So then, um, you know, often people somehow associate Agile with hacking, <laughs> meaning <laughs> there's no discipline, the engineering team is not being interfered with and they're doing their own thing. And yes, they have some guidance in terms of what requirements there are. But of course, that's also far from the truth because it takes a lot of discipline to follow for example, the Scrum way of working or whatever Agile methodology has been adopted. And it's not easy and people's roles may be different. So it takes a lot of discipline and perseverance to make it work. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, when you have, uh, when you say self-organizing teams, that means they have the responsibility. Now they have to be extremely disciplined to be able to deliver that and you know, work in that environment. Previously, there was a command and control. Everyone would look up to the uh, commanding God saying, that, tell me what to do. Now, if you have to work amongst yourself, if you don't have discipline, then it's wild, wild west. And that's you know, the, the concept from from outsider point of view, though they do their own thing. No, they, are, they do their own thing in a very disciplined manner. So it has to be very consistent. What we call the working agreements, they are very strict about how to follow those working agreements and make the changes to those working agreements if certain things did not work. That's how you continuously improve those things. So there is a discipline around there. It's just that it's not documented and there is, you know, it's self-realization of what this discipline means. It's not a fixed process because we are always retrospecting and improving in the next cycle. So it's 
it's discipline around following a few basics and then okay. following whatever the team decides is best for the team to deliver. Agile provides you the framework, basically the, the guidelines or the rails to work off of so that you don't go beyond that. But how you do the, the things in the middle, it's really what is suitable for you because your business may be different, your uh, team composition may be different, you know, and whatever their personalities are, everyone has to have uh, flexibility, but needs to follow the, the basic guidelines. Okay, the last uh, thing we wanted to cover in terms of what Agile is not is the idea that it's unproven. It's actually very proven. It's been very successful in all kinds of organizations, not only software houses. Well, it's, so, it's also yeah. like if, if you look at the different industries, you know, including the manufacturing, including you know, even the Cisco type of industries are adopting that, saying that, yes, there is a value to it. John Deere, they have adopted to that. Uh, uh, American Airlines, they are huge on this. Uh, so it's not just software-based, it's actually a services, um, manufacturing, uh, legal, uh, financial services. I've, I've been in certain uh, places where the venture capitalists will not fund anything unless you have a agile process and their funding models are also an agile based because they want to see the quick releases and proven uh, reliability or at least uh, you know kind of uh, product release and there is attraction and there is a revenue those kind of things so it's not just software driven it's now getting adopted across the entire footprint of the business it doesn't matter where they are it's not just the smaller company teams it can scale to a large corporation. Yes, and I was exactly going to make that point. It's relatively easy to apply in a small team. It is more difficult to scale. And over the years, a whole set of different frameworks have emerged on how best to scale. Yeah. But definitely, there are many organizations that are doing it at scale these days. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, one thing that they always uh, said is that entry point into Agile is very easy you know um, being successful at agile is very difficult so it is not easy you know it takes certain disciplines certain ways of doing things certain principles to be followed then you can get closer to what true agile or true agility means so let's talk about what agile is and um I think most people will have read the Agile Manifesto, which talks about individuals and interactions over processes and tools, working software over comprehensive documentation, customer collaboration over contract negotiation, and responding to change over following a plan. So we already covered some of those items in talking about what Agile is not. Uh, perhaps we can say a few more words about individuals and interactions over processes and tools. We really do value the way that people work together because if you think about it this way, if you had a very tightly defined process, a set of tools that were decent, and all of the interaction was basically by following the process and putting things into a tool, but people were not talking very much, and really collaborating, then intuitively you just know that there's so much scope for things to go wrong and 
people yeah. will not work efficiently and it's just going to head for a disaster compared with a small team that's really in sync really collaborating well even if they don't you know they don't have a totally defined process that's written down but just the fact that they're talking and communicating is going to lead to a better result yeah i, I think that's where what we call prescriptive uh, doesn't work yes. you need to be more intuitive and give them just the basic framework one of the things that we always looked at is instead of pushing something down with prescription is a, you shall do this this is more of a pull process so that people should be able to pull, you know get the things done and adopt each one of those principles or, or each one of the manifesto items in in their ways of doing things so each business and each team can adopt in a different way because they are dealing with a different customer they are dealing with a different business problem and they are different uh, their environment may be different but that's how the instead of pushing from top down it should be organically coming from the bottom up so that's the big difference and that's where the value comes in right i think we already probably talked enough about documentation but <laughs> maybe maybe just to reiterate the value is is not the uh talking or documenting things about what you're going to do but the fact that you actually did them so you already produce working software okay. and that's a way of seeing that progress is being made of validating ideas and proving that you're correct or running experiments and basically yeah. iterating to a good solution and i think that's uh, you bring up a, you know one of the key points of this whole agile um, manifesto is that feedback you are constantly getting the feedback even at that you know team level at the portfolio level at the service level every process step needs a feedback and you can make the changes and tweaking that process all along so uh, most of the agile uh, adoptions fail is when they forget to start getting the feedback and acting on it just not listening to yeah yeah okay fine and we'll keep on doing our own thing is actually making those changes based on the feedback that you are getting that's what's actually going to get them and that's what agile is yeah, responding to the feedback and the change right that's what the customer collaboration over contract negotiation is all about it's exactly an ongoing relationship and adapting and for the sake of the success of the project rather than well we said we would do this so we'll just do it yeah yeah which is what happens when you have a contract <laughs> and that leads to the last point which is the responding to change over following a plan so not only based on the feedback that you're getting from your customer but also changing market conditions or other factors that would lead you to essentially pivot and figure out there's something that's more important right now yeah and that the, the, i think that's where the the biggest benefit from the business side comes from the agile is you are able to predictively respond to the changing conditions of your business so uh, you know there are when we tell them oh there are no change orders in uh, agile it's like what do you mean i was like of course you know because most of the living of this was, was done by change order and if change is assumed that is going to be part of it then you don't need a change order all we have to do is you know manage the backlog and off it goes so that's the biggest difference and that's what agile is that 
responding to change in a timely manner and consistent way so that the business has more predictability of how the products can be delivered to them. Yeah, and always basically looking at what's most valuable right now. Correct, correct. And 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 the thing is, uh, as you were saying earlier, is that make those adjustments based on the feedback you're getting from your end customer so that they can say, oh, I thought I asked this, but actually, you know, I, I need to have this, what I meant was. Because 90% of the time, even they don't know what they're looking for. Unless they get something in their hand, that's where they start realizing, oh, this is how I'm going to be actually using it. I think, remember, in one of the episodes, we talked about customer or the product owner actually running the demo so that the team actually sees that and says, oh, we didn't think anybody could use it this way. <laughs> because now you're getting a feedback directly from the end user. And that's, you know, ideally, if we can accomplish that, I think you're very close to being truly agile. So, uh, Santosh, do you want to talk about why agile is principled? I guess there, if you look at 12 principles that have been outlined, uh, we, we don't have to go through each one of them, but I think that gives you a guide as to what are the things that we need to start we, that are, those are the things that we need to imbibe into this whole process. So, you know, the ceremonies are just f as a tool, but the principles are the guiding principles. So why you do certain things that you might not even do oh, daily stand-up. If this daily stand-up goes on for an hour and a half, that's not really daily stand-up. So you need to start thinking about those things as to are we following those 12 principles and which one of them is most important at this point so not all of them may be important at any given point so it's very principled in the sense that you are self-organizing that means you have to work together to be very disciplined and principled uh, it's not a wild wild west it's actually you know principled way of doing things and there are guiding principles on that yes and the self-organizing doesn't mean that the um the lunatics run the asylum. <laughs> I mean, sometimes the teams need to be taught how to self-organize. So you have to get them started moving in the right direction. And then over time, they will be able to do things the right way that, you know, works yeah. for them and they've adapted. But yeah, it, I think just we, putting we, a set of people together doesn't mean that they will just know how to manage themselves. Yeah, right. I think that's, I think we talked about uh, one of the points, I guess, is that self-organizing versus self-managing. Self-organizing is to organize yourself in certain way to get the uh, outcome, desired outcome. Self-managing is is a is not a very, I mean, that's not considered part of the Agile requirement. That's where really if you look at what the managers in Agile world do is really they still manage the teams. If the team is not working together, that's where they come in. They need to manage that saying that make sure that there are personality issues, there could be skill set issues, there could be all kinds of, you know, any team or any interpersonal issues can show up. That's where the managers start coming into picture. But the self-organizing is how to back each other up, how to leverage everyone's uh, strengths and go forward. And final goal is to deliver things every week or every two weeks 
that is meaningful to that. So that's the self-organizing. You know, one of the things that somebody was asking me is like, oh, you have this open space and people, are, you know, talk over each other. You know, people are, have to have the headsets on. I'm like, uh, looks like you didn't uh, look into the working agreements of the teams. They need to organize and say, do you want to face each other in that space or you want to face away from each other? You decide how you want to have your you know, the the whole team zone to be, and whether you want to go and work, uh, you know, if you have want to take a phone call or have a discussion, whether you do it in in that area or you want to go into conference room and do it. Those are your your call, and you can you can decide you know, where the interruptions are. So nobody can write these things down, and that's what that's all self organizing means. And that's the principle again. <laughs> from yeah, there was a, there was a really nice story I heard of a manager who really understood this principle and started um, allocating a budget to his teams that they could spend in any way they wanted. So he would give them a certain amount of money, uh-huh. and in one sprint they just bought snacks. They didn't have any better ideas, and then they kind of organized and said, well, we really would like a nice sofa to put in our area so when we have meetings, it's more comfortable. So they started saving up this money for a few sprints, and they bought uh-huh. a sofa. Yeah. Then a little bit later, they thought, we really like to learn about this new technology, and so they invested in learning, and so they mm-hmm. you know, really were organizing themselves, and it was yeah, the, amazing the, uh, how they did that. Yeah, exactly. You know, one of the things I, I remember, a uh, couple of teams, you know, people used to come late uh, to the stand-up. So as it is, it's only 15 minutes. If you are five minutes late into it, you, the, everyone had to repeat the whole thing again to the person who is coming in late. So then they said, you know, if you, what is the buffer or tolerance uh, when we should be considered late? And they said, three minutes was the uh, because if you look at it that is makes sense and then if you are late you are supposed to pay one dollar per minute late into the common kitty and they would put it in the piggy bank and after say four sprints whatever the money was uh, there they would have the snacks or you know the team would enjoy that <laughs> and it enforced uh, some other things it's it basically that's a discipline that's a principle and they self-organized it and they realized, yeah, there is a time is money, and here is the reason why. So, I thought that was wonderful that they came up with the rules and they they, they were ran with it. <laughs> right, that's a perfect segue onto the last point we wanted to cover, which is the collaborative nature of agile, both within the team and also outside with the customer, as we discussed. But you know, that that's a very critical aspect yeah. of the way agile works. And, you know, one of the things I always, uh, when I'm in the coaching uh, any of the teams, I always ob- try to observe when we are doing the stand-up or any of the meetings going on, if people are asking for help in the meeting session, you know, settings, you know that they trust each other. It's very easy to offer help. It's very difficult to ask for help unless you trust that other team members, you will never ask for help. And that tells you whether the uh, collaboration spirit of the team and are they truly agile or not. And that, you know, when I mentioned that to them, uh, the teams, they're like, 
oh yeah we never thought thought about it that way that it's okay to say hey i don't know this can you help or i'm too overwhelmed there's so much work to do can somebody help so it's it's that's the collaboration and that's the spirit of the team and cohesiveness and thinking as a team working together having each other's back and getting things done as a, a common goal to get that done well great um i think we covered this topic at length we went through a few key points uh, very much based on the ideas in the agile manifesto which i'm sure most people have read we'll put a link to that uh, under the the podcast description one last uh, comment that m- people might find useful i literally print those values out and i keep them on my desk mm-hmm. always visible and whenever a question comes up about what's the right thing to do that's my go-to bible <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's surprising how many questions that you can argue over get resolved when you just go back to those four fundamental ideas exactly. and then everything becomes clear. Yeah, yeah. And then they they can people can start relating to those much easier. Yes. Cool. Very good. Well, thank you Santosh that was a pretty interesting yeah. discussion and thank you to everyone who's been listening and supporting the podcast uh, yes we, and i think we will keep on uh, we will definitely love to hear from back from our audiences because uh, that's what we will also create additional discussions uh, we have few topics but if there is something near and dear to their heart we'll love to talk about that so yes yeah, we we'll, uh, keep the responses coming yeah we have a backlog but we're happy to change the plan Exactly. We are agile too. <laughs> yes. All right. Bye-bye everyone. Okay. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon.